Would you open God's precious holy word to 2 Samuel 24 and we will also look at the same, eh, pretty much the same account in 1 Chronicles 21. Tonight we close out 2 Samuel and we'll be focused on the remainder after tonight of uh, 1 Chronicles. And from here tonight on to the end of 1 Chronicles, we, we focus on the, the coming temple, the temple that will be built by Solomon. So we keep that in mind as we uh, consider the things uh, that we look at tonight with regard to David's taking a, a census, the census and the sacrifice. David will take a census of Judah and Israel. However, in, in Numbers and in another place uh, in the law, he's really not supposed to do this unless it is for a specific reason designated by Yahweh. So David takes it upon himself to take this census. And again, the anger of Yahweh was kindled against Israel and he moved David against them saying, go count Israel and Judah. Now that is an interesting verse. It, it, it clarifies itself a little bit when we get to 1 Chronicles in just a couple of three, four, five, six, eight, twelve minutes, ever how long it takes us to get there. Um, but to, to look at it like that, it's just uh, intriguing. Yahweh was angry. He was angry against Israel. And so he moved David the king against them. And then he punished David for doing what he moved David to do. But in punishing David, he also punished the people. Our imaginations can run wild with us. We'll understand this verse one a little bit more when we look at, uh, I think it's verse one in First Chronicles 21. But that said, the truth here is expressed that Israel in some, in some way is disobedient to Yahweh. Now we have to keep in mind that at the end of this story, David buys the threshing floor, which will be the very spot on which the temple will be built. So this thing, in a providential way, is leading to the purchase of the property of the temple and then other things later on. So these things all come together in the, in the remainder of first Chronicles uh, that we'll begin to see really next, next time. Apparently Israel is not prepared in their hearts for what David wants to do for Yahweh. We've already seen it in our study that David wanted to build a temple. Yahweh is not going to let him build the temple, but he will allow him to make all of the arrangements so that Solomon pretty much will have everything ready to go when he becomes king. Verse 
I guess with the rebellion that had taken place and other things, the, the attitude of Israel had become more introspective and perhaps not as worshipful as they should have been. We could guess and guess and guess as to why the anger of Yahweh was kindled against Israel. Whatever the case, Yahweh moves against them. And in moving against them, he uses David. But he doesn't only use David. He uses someone else to get to David. We'll see, we'll see that in just a few minutes. Go and count Israel and Judah. And the king said to Joab, the captain of the host that was with him, go please to and fro throughout all the tribes of Israel from Dan as far as Bathsheba and take census of the people so that I may know the number of the people. Now in the, in the greater context, and you, you begin to learn that he's wanting to know how many men he can bring to arms if he wants to. It's a thing of pride, somewhat. It's also a revelation that David at this moment is more willing to trust in his flesh, in his own arm, than he is in the arm of Yahweh. You will recall all previous times that we've looked at, and it's hard to say exactly at what point in history of the history of David and Israel, this exactly happens. But at all times, whenever David was concerned about men in arms, well, that meant he had war on his mind and he would generally never go to war unless he had come before Yahweh and uh, sought to discover the will of the Lord and most of the time, Yahweh said, yes, go and do this. I have given you the victory. But this time he apparently is counting, counting on his own strength, has his own idea. But Yahweh will use this whole situation so that he can make Israel understand that he is sovereign over Israel. That they need him. They need his help. They need his guidance and direction. And so does David. They crossed the Jordan. They camped in Aror to the right of the city. They're situated in the middle of the valley of Gad and to Jazir. And they came to Gilead, to the land of Tatim Hodshi. And they came to Dan, to the city of Ja'an and around about to Zidon. And they came to the stronghold of Tyre and all, to all the cities of the Hivites and the Canaanites, and they went out to the south of Judah, to Beersheba, and they had gone to and fro throughout the entire land. They came at the end of nine months and 20 days back to Jerusalem, and Joab presented the sum of the number of the people to the king, and Israel consisted of 800,000 valiant men who drew the sword, and the men of Judah were 500,000 men. That's a big army. Now you'll see here in that language why he wanted the people numbered, why he counted the people. He wanted to know how many men at arms he could call on. 
800,000 from Israel, 500,000 from Judah. What's that, 1.3 million men? Is that right? That's a big army uh, for those days. Uh, over a million men. This was obviously, you have to draw on the, uh, the ways that kings dealt with one another back in those days. So apparently, David would have bargaining power. I'm not, I'm not sure at that point in time, very many nations could, could match that kind of, uh, of army in that area. So if, uh, if uh, you, you take, take uh, so-called diplomacy today, this war is going on in the Ukraine, and if what I read is true, and it may or may not be, but if what I read is true, Putin, the Russian guy, brings up his special nuclear missile every once in a while. He'll, he'll mention, oh, by the way, I have this missile. Well, it, it could be the same kind of bargaining power that David wanted to have in his day. Oh, by the way, we have over a million men ready to go to war. Well, that would be kind of overwhelming. Maybe it was something like that. Whatever, it was attention that David was drawing to himself and feeding his pride. And it, even in, in, in an ever so slightly method, had, had shaken had shaken the uh, focus upon Yahweh over a little bit, off center a little bit. Well, this can't happen. What could people, what could the people have done to have angered Yahweh against the whole people? Well, it would, ha it would have had to have been their lack of attention to his law, to the sacrifices, to the special days, uh, to the things that they were to give attention to, it would it would had to have had to do something with that. Now again, remember that at the bottom of this story is the securing of the property upon which the temple will be built. The people are going to have to understand their need for God, and that need for God will be raised to a an apex. When the temple is finished, David needs to understand that he can count all the people he wants to, but that God at any moment in time can wipe out big sections of his population. And he would have to be reminded that he as well is dependent upon Yahweh. Well, God will judge uh, David's sin if I can get this to work. Okay, I got to go back here. I lost my clickability. I don't know how you, that, no, that's not it. Way on back. God judges David or something. Ah, that's it. Let me give her a dry run here, see if it works.
Oh, it, it did. Okay. Gracias. Okay. God will judge David's sin for what he has done. David's heart smote him after he'd counted the people. Now it's clear in the book of Numbers he's not supposed to do this without a, without a clear purpose given to him by Yahweh. And he didn't have that. David said, Yahweh, I have sinned greatly in what I've done. And now Yahweh, please put aside the iniquity of your servant, for I was very foolish. David rose up in the morning, and the word of Yahweh came to Gad the prophet, the seer of David, saying, Go and speak to David, so says Yahweh. This is him speaking to David. So says Yahweh, thus saith the Lord. Three things I offer you. Choose for yourself one of them, and I shall do it to you. This is the punishment. That's, it. That's another interesting thing. God says, I'm going to punish you. Here are the three possibilities. You choose the one. How do you, how, which medicine do you want to take? And he told David, and Gad said to David, do you prefer that seven years of famine in your land shall come upon you? Or three months that you would flee before your oppressor, your enemy, as he pursues you? Or that there be three days of pestilence in your land? Now know and consider what I shall reply to him who sent me. See, it doesn't matter how, how much pride David has in how many men he could field at any point in time. Because just, just as surely as David would think he had all these men, God could come and in just the space of three days, of course, or less, he could wipe out large sections of them. And David would realize how foolish he was to depend upon his census, his number, his numbering the people. David said to Gad, I'm greatly oppressed. Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord of, of Yahweh. For his mercies are great, but into the hand of man, let me not fall. So Yahweh sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning until the appointed time. And there died of the people from Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men. Now that probably would have just, that's just the men, probably more than that, women and children. But 70,000, that's uh, 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 that's a significant chunk of men that would have been included in his census. Now, remember how many months it took him to take the census? They took all this long time to go as far. And then in just like that, the Lord took 70,000 of them away, men of the men who could fight. They're gone. The angel stretched out his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it. And Yahweh relented the evil. And he said to the angel that destroyed among the people, it is enough. Now stay your hand. And the angel of Yahweh was by the threshing floor of Aravna, the Jebusite. Now you can see how Yahweh is directing the, um, the matter here. Yahweh would stop his judgment 
at the time Yahweh had purposed to stop it. The angel could go no further. The point had been made. But in Jerusalem, of course, was the house of David and the house of David possessed the promise of the Christ. So he stopped him from stretching out his hand toward Jerusalem, stopped the angel. And he, he, he relented. In other words, I'm sorrowful it had to go this far, but it's not going to go any farther. So it's enough. Stay your hand. But look where the angel of Yahweh was. He was by the threshing floor of Aravna the Jebusite. This is where the temple would be built. David said to Yahweh when he saw the angel that smote among the people, he said, behold, I have sinned. I have acted iniquitously. But these sheep, what have they done? I beg that your hand be against me and against my father's house. So in pleading with Yahweh, as a good shepherd, he pleads in behalf of his sheep. And remember Christ said the, that the good shepherd would lay down his life for his sheep. Jerusalem was the next thing to be stricken, but Yahweh stopped it. David still would offer himself and his father's house, but it couldn't happen because Yahweh had a covenant with David. So now the altar is built on the threshing floor. Gad came to David on that day and said to him, go up to erect an altar to Yahweh in the threshing floor of Aravna, the Jebusite. Appointed the place appointed by the direction of Yahweh. David went up according to the word of Gad as Yahweh had commanded. And Aravna looked afar and he saw the king and his servants passing on towards him. And Aravna went out and he bowed down to the king with his face to the ground. And Aravna said, why has my Lord the king come to his servant? And David said to acquire from you the threshing floor in order to build an altar to Yahweh, to the Lord, that the plague be stayed from the people to entreat the Lord, to appease the Lord. Aravna said to David, let my Lord the king take and offer what seems to be good in his eyes. Behold the oxen for the burnt offering, the threshing tools, the wooden tools, the oxen for firewood. So he says to David, you take it, it's yours. It's yours. All this Aravna, the king gave to the king and Aravna said to the king, may, Yahweh, may the Lord your God accept you. The king said to Aravna, no, for I will only buy it from you at a price so that I will not offer to Yahweh my God burnt offerings for which I have received nothing. In other words, I will not offer something to the Lord that doesn't cost me anything. And David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Let me go back. And David built there an altar to Yahweh and he offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and Yahweh was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. So according to the word of God, it took that many days and no more days. Jerusalem was not stricken. Uh, the covenant was sure. 
David showed himself as a penitent man to be a good shepherd, finally, at the end of it, and had dismissed his pride from himself, and the people are made to realize their need for Yahweh, which apparently they had forsaken. Not just that, but if you'll notice here, Yahweh was entreated for the land, and the plague was stayed from Israel. How did all this happen? By the, by the divine direction of Yahweh, directing David to a place where when the sacrifice was made, altar, the, the altar built there, Yahweh would be pleased to stay his judgment. It would stop there. The covenant would be maintained. David's household would stay complete. Now, let's see what First Chronicles says about this same event. Now, I told you we would compare the two. Now, Satan arose upon Israel, and he moved David to count Israel. Now, what did Second Samuel say? He, Second Samuel, says that Yahweh was angered with Israel and moved David to count the census and then was angered with David. Well, now we see how it all comes about because the he who was moved against Israel was finally in the person of Satan. This is one of the earliest mentions in the Bible of Satan. Uh, Satan, that's what it is, S-A-L-L. Seen, well, you don't care about that. Second word over, it's the same word, Satan, same thing. Satan arose upon Israel. So the people, this tells us a lot. Satan did to the nation what he can do so well. He made them forget the blessings of Yahweh. He made them forget his, their dependence upon Yahweh. The importance of worship. The importance of obedience. To remember that all blessings come from, from Yahweh. The people had, had left this. David himself in some way had become lax. So, like it or not, if Yahweh wants to, he can make Satan his servant. He did so in Job. So Yahweh is incensed and allows Satan to do his thing. And so the people are punished. David said to Joab, to the princes of the people, go count Israel from Beersheba to Dan, Bring me words so that I may know their number. Job replied, may Yahweh add to his people a hundredfold of whatsoever they may be. My Lord, the king, are they not all servants of my Lord? Why does my Lord request this? Why should this become guilt for Israel? Now, Joab, the head of the army, was being told to, 
expend a lot of resources and to send his men on a fairly difficult mission. I mean, I don't know of anybody that likes to answer a census. I don't. So, so what if a chariot shows up at my door and says, who are you? How many, how many, are you, are you married? Just your place? You owe any money on it? How many guns you have? <laughs> how much you weigh? Yeah, I got a job. Did you pay taxes? I mean, they got to ask you anything and you're supposed to answer it, right? Nobody liked that. So this was difficult. This was difficult to send soldiers out to do such a thing as this. It would have some, it would have some degree of intimidation to it. But it was also an expensive thing for him to send his army out like this. And Joab objected. It probably was more political than it was theological. But the king's word prevailed over Joab. And Joab went forth and walked throughout Israel and came to Jerusalem. And Joab gave the number of the sense of the people all Israel, thousand, thousand, well, same number, it's just written a little differently. But Levi and Benjamin did not count among them because the word of the king was repugnant to Joab. Now Elohim was displeased because of this thing and he smote Israel. And David said to Elohim, I have sinned greatly in that I've done this thing. And now please put aside the iniquity of your servant for I was very foolish. Yahweh spoke to Gad, David's seer, Saying, go and speak to David, saying, so said Yahweh, three things. I offer you, choose one of them, and I shall do it to you. Gad came to David and said, so said Yahweh, which of these will you do? Three years of famine, three months to be destroyed by your enemies, and the sword of the enemies overtake you? Or three days, the sword of Yahweh, and the pestilence of the land, and the angel of Yahweh destroying throughout the boundary of Israel? And now consider what I should reply to him. Now you'll notice here, in 2 Samuel, it is said, choose seven years of famine. And here, it is three years of famine. Much can be said about what this means, but it's generally agreed that the countdown, of course, it didn't matter because it wasn't what David chose anyway, but the countdown would begin, but the real hurt would come after about four years and the three years really begin to work on the people. So anyway, David, of course, doesn't choose that one. David said to Gad, I'm greatly oppressed. Let me fall down to the hand of Yahweh for his mercies are great, but into the hand of a man, let me not fall. So Yahweh sent a pestilence upon Israel and fell, there fell from Israel 70,000 men. Elohim sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he destroyed Yahweh, saw and regretted the evil. Or he relented. And he said to the destroying angel, it's enough. Now stay your hand. And the angel of Yahweh was, out, was standing by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, same guy. So let's stop. There's a little difference here in the way that it's written in First Chronicles. But it's, it's easily reconciled. When Elohim sent out the angel, that was to go across all of the land. But Jerusalem was to be the place where the temple would be built, even on that plot of ground uh, that's in question here, the threshing floor. So to make the point, the distinct directive from heaven was, no, not Jerusalem. 
And you'll notice here that when the, when the order came, not Jerusalem, the angel of Yahweh was standing by the threshing floor of one of the Jebusites. In other words, the distinct very place where the altar would be built and the sacrifice would be made, this is where Yahweh says, this is where we're going to stop. And this is where things are going to change and turn around. David lifted his eyes and saw the angel of Yahweh standing between the earth and sky with a drawn sword in his hand. He extended over Jerusalem and David and the elders covered their sackcloth, fell on their faces. David said to Elim, did I not say to count the people? And I'm the one who has sinned. I've committed the evil, but these sheep, what have they done? Oh, Lord, my God, Yahweh, my God, I beg that your hand be against me, against my father's house, but not against your people for a plague. And the angel of Yahweh said to Gad, to say to David that David should go up to erect an altar to Yahweh in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. Now, again, it should be noted, this whole situation is directing the attention of David the king, David's household, and the people of Israel to the occurrences near Jerusalem at this particular place. David went up, according to the word of Gad, he spoke in the name of Yahweh. Ornan returned, saw the angel, his four sons who were with him, hid themselves, and Ornan was threshing wheat. David came into Ornan, and Ornan looked and saw David, and he went forth from the threshing floor, and he bowed down to David with his face to the ground. And David said to Ornan, give me the place of the threshing floor so that I may build there on an altar to the Lord, to Yahweh. Give it to me for the full price so that the plague be stayed from the people in Ornan. It's the same guy, all right? It's just the chronicler uh, gives another name that he went by. Take for yourself and may the Lord my king do what seems to be good in his eyes. See, I've given the cattle for burnt offerings, the threshing tools for, the, uh, for firewood, and the wheat for a meal offering. I've given everything. King David said to Ornan, no, I'll buy it for full price. I will not take what is yours for Yahweh and offer up burnt offerings for nothing. So David gave Ornan uh, for the place uh, shekels of gold weighing 600. And David built an altar there to Yahweh and he offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings. And he called out to Yahweh and he answered them with him the fire from the, he answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of the burnt offerings. And this is again how the temple starts with fire from heaven. And Yahweh commanded the angel and he returned his sword to its sheath. So this eternal fire that burns comes from heaven to strike the offering. This is a tremendous statement uh, to Israel, okay? And I've run out of clicks again. Oh, that's why I'm out. Man, I was just getting started. There's another part of this temple story, but we'll, we'll take that up next time. Okay, we'll stop there. We'll have our deacon prayer time.